It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Hi there, everyone. Welcome back to Beyond the Building. Uh, my name is Laura Pereno, and today I have the special privilege of being with Debbie Kiever and Eunice Lai. We are really excited to be here together uh, on a Zoom platform, but creating this episode where we're going to talk about serving and how serving leads to growth. You know, we're in a two-week series right now where we've been talking about the concept of being planted for growth. We're in the spring season. We're seeing things starting to grow around us. And it's amazing when you look at God's word, and really maybe your testimony is the same story as this. Sometimes our growth is spurred on or we grow in ways that we weren't expected when we start to serve the Lord in our local church or wherever he has positioned us to serve. Now, as I was growing up, I remember, and maybe it's the same for you guys, Deb and Eunice, but the word serve, uh, do you remember being in high school and like you had to do service hours and nobody Mm -hmm. wanted to do service hours, right? Why? Because like you don't get paid. They're so, boring. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You were going someplace you didn't want to be. Like there was no pay. There was no fun. Um, it was kind of like check the box, get the hours. So the word serve, I think, gets a really bad rap. But what we're going to show you today, and I'm sure you've lived it out in your own life as well, is serving the Lord in the place where he's planted you can bring such joy And such growth, he uses us in those places, and really the outcome is just far beyond what we could ever ask or imagine. And Eunice, I I know that you are actually a little nervous about doing this podcast with us. You have said it, um, because this is not uh, a type of serving that you are comfortable yet with. And yet, Laura and I look at how you serve, making those hilarious videos every month, and we, we look at each other and go, we don't even have a clue how she does that <laughs> on her phone. Um, so you are comfortable behind your um, many, many edit iPhone. <laughs> and yet we recognize that you're not as comfortable on the podcast, which makes us laugh because actually isn't Eunice's podcast episode like number one? I'm trying to remember back. Oh, yes. You are too kind. No, I'm serious. (laughs) I think our, our IT guy said that the pivot uh, your testimony it's is so still true. either in the it's either one or two. That's so right. so thank you for being here, even if you're not saying that you're comfortable, because people really do want to understand some of the background of what makes Eunice lie tick. Uh, maybe even <laughs> more so than Laura and I. <laughs> so they'll be excited to hear you. You know, you have been incredible this year serving in creative ways. It's been a creative year. And we had to think outside the box in how we were going to meet the needs um, that God was calling us to meet, right, of the body of Christ. And I, I think of you're actually leading a book club now for Laura's, uh, Laura's book, and that's been exciting. You are all over social media. I know from my online women's Bible study, your rapid fire emojis and you like you're the queen of wit. <laughs> On, yes. on that Bible study page and people don't even know who you are and they love you because uh, you are you're such an encouragement to so many in a year that has been mixed with every kind of emotion right from ex- extreme emotions uh, particularly hard ones though you have brought so much joy and so I gotta ask you I gotta ask you a question what is what has been your motivation for serving and man what has inspired you to dig into serving 
meeting needs in brand new ways this year? I'd love to hear. Well, I really have to say thank you so much. I mean, th those were just such kind words because as you mentioned, I mean, I just get stuck on the word serving and I don't think that what I do is necessarily serving per se, but that's why this was such an interesting podcast for me to be on, but I can't wait to just dive into it. But you know, let's rewind a little to last year, which is obviously a forgettable as well as memorable year. Uh, for many churches, there was a pause on a lot of ministries that were in operation pre-pandemic. So in that sense, we all had to get creative and find ways to serve, as you very well know, beyond the building. <laughs> and so <laughs> for me, I feel that it offered opportunities to really get personal in terms of investing in specific people that God laid on my heart. Um, you know that I'm all about the one-on-one -on -one connections. And our circumstances didn't always allow for face-to-face -face interactions. Um, but there were plenty of opportunities to serve our family, our friends, acquaintances, neighbors, co-workers, even strangers, whether it was to drop off food or supplies, call or check in, pray, um, send a card, surprise them with a gift, shovel a driveway, just simple acts of kindness. There's a verse that I always think of when it comes to serving, and it's in Philippians 2, 3 to 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. So really, it's over the years, my prayer has changed from God. How do I do this? And what does this look like? What are the action items involved? And that whole mindset of I need to serve, I should do this as a good Christian. And that prayer turned into God, I need a change of heart. It's the motivation behind serving. It's what's in my heart. Um, you know, it's Jesus, I look to you as the utmost example of servanthood. You are the epitome of perfect love, but my love is so imperfect. And I know that apart from you, I can do nothing. Fill me with your spirit, increase my capacity to love. And I desire to love you with all my heart, my soul, my strength, my mind. And I want to receive a greater revelation of your love for me. And it's out of the overflow, your love will pour in and through me to those around me. Amen. You know, amen. I mean, it's when my heart has been in the right place, my motivation to serve changes from an obligation to a desire. Yep. You know, and so the Lord has continued to change my heart. And I, as I grow in love, and there's still a lot of room to grow, a natural byproduct is that I want to love on people. I want to help and to bless others. I want to care about their interests. So, you know, within that framework, God opens the door to different ways, and he uses our unique gift mix to love and honor, serve others, whether it's within a ministry, at church, with specific people he places upon our hearts, or through opportunities that have come up even in the midst of pandemic. And as you guys know, and we've talked about a little bit, I'm engaged in community through multiple Facebook groups. And I have to say that this is a direct result of the pandemic. And, you know, among them, you know, I've been involved in Laura, your unshakable group and Debbie, your ladies Bible study group. And there just been such incredible blessings to many who are part of these communities. And and, you know, I'm just so thankful for the opportunities uh, that I you know, have to do what I love to do, which is share my story, encourage, mm -hmm. build up and, and comfort. Um, 
You know, I, I love to connect with people and I love connecting people with one another. I love connecting people with resources and I love connecting people to their God-given purpose. So I can do that, whether it's within the four walls of a church Amen. or in the workplace or Amen. within the context of family and friends. A pandemic does not change that That's at right. all. That's right. So, you know, certainly we miss regular and consistent face-to-face interaction. But again, you know, it's opened up the door to other avenues that I never explored before and created meaningful relationships. I mean, Laura, I don't think I even knew you when you were living in Delaware. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And now we talk on a regular basis. It is true. I I mean, I've only come to know you through, you know, our collaboration here on Beyond the Building and and through our Unshakable God Book Club. So, and, you know, I, I can call you my friend and there you are in Tennessee. (laughs) (laughs) that's right that's amazing it really is Eunice and I just love a everything that you just said I I hear your heart in it I see your heart as I see you uh, ministering to other people around you or creating friendships connecting people I mean I think also you just bring such joy and we've talked about this before you just bring such joy to every conversation that you're even in the tough conversations there's still an element of joy and I think that one of the interesting things here is that serving God uh, is something that will increase our joy, right? Even in the hard times in life, when we serve God, when we're connecting people, it will increase our joy. I think of you as somebody who likes to laugh. I think of you as somebody who increases joy around you. And I have to find it interesting that God would have you in this position of serving in new and creative ways, because when I'm serving, I think I find the greatest joy, um, you know, as far as, um, you know, outside of, of what I do with family and friends, but like connecting with other people brings me such great joy. And sometimes it's a joy that we weren't even expecting. Eunice, I have a question for you. When you were a kid, right, Uh when you were younger, did you get in trouble for laughing or saying off the cuff comments or just kind of being, were you an out of the box kind of kid or were you pretty black and white? You are going to be shocked by this, but I was the child that never spoke a word. Wow. I was super quiet. I, at one time, people didn't even know that I spoke English because I was that shy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, that just proves how much God can change a person because I know Laura has shared in these podcasts about um, her super shyness uh, as a child where your mom had to give candy for people to be your friend and play with yes. you and yes. you didn't want to have to speak. No. And and, yes. and yet here you are, right? Yep. Both yep. of you guys, all you have to do is say yes to God and look what, soon your yes opens up everything. So true. So true. And I love that. And that really takes us uh, into where we're headed next, because I love um, the story of Lydia in the book of Acts, uh, chapter 16. Lydia is, an, if you know, if you really are going to look for an example of a woman who uh, was like that tree planted by the waters that we talked about a couple of times so far in this episode series, um, Lydia is a woman who found the Lord by the river and immediately just jumped into serving. And I think that there are a lot of life lessons that we can learn uh, from your story, Eunice, from what Debbie and I have experienced, what our listeners have experienced. But really listen to Lydia's story as I just read uh, this description of her from Acts 16, verses 14 to 15. 
Uh, Paul is is journeying, right? This is the very beginning of his um, his opportunities to go and speak and, and build up churches. And he is speaking, he's talking by a river. And one of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. We learned so much about Lydia in two verses, right? She was a dealer in purple cloth. That means she was wealthy. She was a worshiper of God, and she was at the river listening to Paul's words. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us into her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. Now look at the progression. And there's there's way too much to go into here to make a, a podcast episode. This could really be a book. But let's just look at the quickly at the um, the way things went in the story here for how Lydia got to the place where she was used by God and where she served. She was where she was supposed to be. She was by the river. She was planted by the river. She was worshiping God. She heard God's word and then she gave her heart to the Lord. And she, the response of giving her heart to the Lord was to invite people into her home. What a progression. She heard the word of God. She responded to the word of God. She said yes to the word of God. And the natural outcome of hearing, responding, and saying yes was to open her heart and serve. There's a progression here. We hear God's word. We respond to God's word. We say yes to God's word. The natural progression for us should be that there is a desire to serve and then an a desire to obey on that and do what God has called us to do. You know, when I look at that, uh, those two verses, what jumps out at me is when she says, come and stay at my house. And I'm thinking, you know, that's the gift of hospitality. And it just brings me back to um, ladies Bible study at Debbie's house, which I think Debbie, it's been 30 something years, right? Well, Until 20, last year. 20, oh, 28, 29 years in person and virtually <laughs> one year. Wow. Wow. I mean, and you know, I, I'm sure it was probably the first night. I mean, I had just met Debbie and I was already opening up her fridge and reaching for the creamer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, that's the gift of hospitality. You know, it's when that host makes that guest or, you know, whether it's a friend, visitor or stranger feel absolutely welcome. And, you know, that's how I felt just at your house, Debbie. And I remember I, it may have been the first night even that I was just like, okay, well, the soda's here. And then, you know, the jelly belly jelly beans are over there and, you know, <laughs> and don't eat all the good flavors. <laughs> Exactly. But, you know, that makes me think of um, myself because having been on the move across major cities over the years, I didn't always have a home or the space to say, come over to my house. Um, but, you know, despite those limitations, we can still have a heart that invites and welcomes and seeks to connect and engage and share and to create an atmosphere that's warm, accepting, engaging, comforting, safe, you know, one that communicates, come over to my house, uh, you know, figuratively, right? I'm opening the door to my heart. I want to share my story with you. I want to know your story. Like, let's do life together. It's that spirit of hospitality. And you know that you have it when you just kind of make random, spontaneous 
friends, you know, (laughs) in line at the grocery store, um, you know, where someone you just met, they tend to share their entire life story to you in, in, you know, (laughs) 10 minutes that they've met you, right? (laughs) You know, Lydia's word right there, which is come and stay at my house is that word that is a sweet spot. I love, I love to talk about it. It's that word abide. It means to remain, you know, to stay. And that is, that's the same word that we're invited. The Heavenly Father says, remain in me, abide in me, stay connected, you know, stay put. Don't go wandering anywhere else. It's that welcoming. There's a place for you. And, uh, and, and all the life that flows out of being in a place where you're abiding. Uh, I think that we are starving. Well, especially this year, shoot, we are starving just to mm. be connected to other people, but think of how we're, you know, back in our churches and back to small groups of getting together with people. It's breathing life back into the inner man, inner part of us, you know, to be welcomed into that kind of relationship. You know, there's a lot of people that hesitate. They don't, they would rather meet you at a restaurant where they can keep things superficial you know, rather than being in somebody's home. And we're not even talking COVID related. We're just talking about the uncomfortable feeling, uh, not only going to someone's house, but my goodness, to have somebody come into your house, mm-hmm. especially if you have children who are there with you, who are the unknown, you know, entertainment that you may not want them yes, yes. <laughs> running out of the bathroom, you know, right. from a tub, whatever it was. But it's that it, a lot of people are kind of hesitant to just be uh-huh. welcomed into that intimate place of your life, you know, where you share your story with them because you're kind of stuck. Like, do I have to share back? Do I have to let my guard down? And yet she persuaded them. Like they didn't just say, Oh, thank you. We're, we'll be more than happy to come. Or she had to push, you know, Mm -hmm. to really come that word persuade means to be compelled by force. It's that I'm really serious. I would like you to come to my house and people I've had people you know, ran, honestly, random people I've invited over. Uh, we met a guy at the front door on a Christmas Eve and their family came Christmas Day. You know, there were six of them and they were hesitant to come. And my husband's comments were, oh, yeah, we opened the door for anybody. <laughs> <It's> come, <laughs> come on over. But a lot of people are hesitant to do that. Mm-hmm. And Lydia really persuaded them to come. And as a result, Paul and his friends you know, they came, they really didn't have a choice. Like, I don't think she was backing down. She was a uh, top, you know, top knot businesswoman. And she, and when it came to the kingdom of God, she was a top knot business woman for the kingdom of God. She's like, I'm going to get this. It's going to happen. And right. you are coming, you are coming today. <laughs> going to close that deal. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, Eunice, I, I love the fact that you, you share about hospitality there and, and Deb with the abide concept, because really, Lydia was where she was supposed to be. She heard the word of God and she did have the gift of hospitality. And by utilizing that gift, you would imagine this is probably not the first person she had invited to stay in her home. This was clearly just something that was a gift that she had. And so she opens the door to her house and to her, it really just looked like she was opening the door to a pretty amazing individual who knew God's word and she wanted to know more. But it was a pivotal, this was a pivotal moment in the foundation of the church. This was the first uh, house church, right? It ended up being the first church in Europe in, in Philippi. 
Serving God leads to growth, not just for us individually, but for generations to come and also in the church. Our own growth is never purposed just for us. And I really think that's one of the wonders about being part of the kingdom. You know, we think things are just for us, and yet God always has purposes to expand the kingdom through what he does in us pivotal moment. Lydia had no idea what her serving was going to lead to. And really, let's take it back to ourselves. We just step out in obedience. We open the door, right? And we watch how God is going to expand the kingdom because of our use of um, our gifting, hospitality, uh, whatever it might be, encouragement, the kingdom gets built. So Eunice, I'm sure that uh, Lydia could look back later on in her life and, and say, wow, That was a moment where I really grew in there. And, you know, as you've served in these new uh, ways that you've just shared about, how have you seen yourself grow um, through expanding the ways that God is using you as you use your gifts um, in the church in different ways? You know, I think it definitely has grown and increased my faith uh, through serving you know, we get a front row seat to see and watch God change people's lives, literally. And we get to experience this power firsthand because how many times when it comes to logistics or when I just haven't had the time or resources to prepare, or maybe I haven't, I have a bad attitude, (laughs) not (laughs) the right mindset, you know, but God, because he says, his word says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. It's always through him that we're able and capable to accomplish anything. And he is definitely beyond our limitations, obstacles, and challenges. Um, Another thing I think is that it's helped me to see and experience what I've been created for. Mm. Um, One of my favorite verses is Ephesians 2.10. We are God's handiwork, or, you know, the NLT version says masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. So how exciting is it that each of us have been gifted by God and we are incredibly valuable to him and the church? Um, You know, Ephesians 4, Paul talks about how important each individual is to the church. And, you know, it's just so exciting that we have unique God-given gifts, skills and talents and abilities, and we're not carbon copies of each other. And that's why we don't have to play the comparison game. And I'm speaking to myself, right? (laughs) That's true, though. (laughs) We have a unique way in which we serve others just by being who he created us to be. I mean, you know, there's a a certain fragrance that I wear, and I've worn it for many years. Um, Okay, it's Versace Bright Crystal, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. We were going to ask. We were totally going to ask. I thought it was the aroma of Christ. Uh, well, I'm getting else. there. See, now you're beating me to it. See, but, but the thing, the thing is this, it's like, sometimes I've come across people and they've been like, oh, Eunice, you know, I, I thought you were here. And mm. I, you know, and I'm like, well, how did you know that? Well, because I smelled you in the mm. hallway. And ah. by the way, okay, I do not bathe myself in my perfume. I do not douse <laughs> It's just a very recognizable and distinct mm. scent, okay? So just like Debbie said, I mean, how exciting is it to know that we carry the aroma, the sweet fragrance of Christ, just as it says it's in first, I think, second Corinthians, actually, and we reflect him in our unique ways so that 
through us, he might be made known to others. I mean, you know, we don't have to compare ourselves because you and I have our own brand or flavor that is incomparable. It's matchless. It's distinctive. It's one of a kind. Um, you know, the word says that we're called to equip and build each other up using what God has given us. And when we do, when we come together, when we work synergistically, we'll find, and I love how it says this in Ephesians 4, 7 to 13, in the message translation, okay, we will find that we're all moving rhythmically and easily with each other, mm. efficient and graceful in response to God's son, fully mature adults, fully developed within and without, fully alive like Christ. So when we are operating in our giftings to serve God and others, we become fully alive and we experience the fullness of joy that we were made for. I think another thing is that it's drawn me into relationships and community. Um, you know, it's within the context of community that we're given the opportunity to be refined and to become more like Christ, to learn how to love one another well. And, you know, I've seen this happen as I've been part of your Facebook groups and, and even over Zoom. I mean, you know, the community is all about uh, you know, where we meet each other's practical needs, um, you know, where we learn to let our guard down and ask for help and prayer from our brothers and sisters. And, you know, where we carry each, each other emotionally and, and, and carry each other's burdens. And, um, you know, we need to be available for our brothers and sisters, but also need to have the courage to raise our hands and say, hey, you know, I could really use some help and some support and some prayer. So it's all about that um, being real with one another and, um, you know, just having that authentic community. And, you know, another thing is that it opens our eyes to the needs of others because it's within community where we're encouraged to look around the needs of those around us. And we're called to strengthen and encourage and commu community calls us out of our self-focus and it causes us to look outward and outside of ourselves. Yeah, the one thing you didn't mention was that we had to be perfect to do it. You know? <laughs> yeah, right, right. You know, That's right. Said, there's times where you do need to ask for help because you don't know what you're doing. Because uh, you're growing, you're going to grow in those areas. But, you know, per he never asks us to be perfect at this. He's the only one who's perfect. You know, he's the, ever one, the only one that ever served with a perfect motivation, saw it through, did it right the whole way through. Thank God for edits, right? Yes. Laura, and I, yes. Laura and I have never done a podcast without an edit. <laughs> Actually, no, I take that back. There was one podcast that we did that we had no edits and it was about how God gives us do-overs. And That's that was right. the one podcast we had <laughs> no do-overs. Right. That just came back to me. But yeah, when we're serving in community, I think sometimes we are intimidated about serving because we put this pressure on ourselves. Certainly the enemy puts the pressure on, uh, on us. And if you look at culture, culture that has Photoshopped everything into perfection, mm -hmm. we just don't think we have it in us to do it right. So therefore we're not going to do it. And, and he's never asked us to do that. So you may think that you're not good enough or perfect enough to reach out and serve these needs, but you're really ready to do that. I think I would definitely say that, um, you know, I got a great story of imperfect serving and that would be my beyond videos. <laughs> That's shocking. I cannot even shocking. imagine. Honestly, they're I mean, amazing. Listen, 
you know, when we started off with this, I mean, when Deb, I remember it was in her Facebook group and, you know, Deb asked me to do announcement for the lineup of her, uh, you know, Bible study. And it was supposed to be a short and simple video clip. And as you know, it just turned into a whole storyline, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it opened the door for an opportunity to make these little mini commercials announcing each month's Beyond the Building podcast theme. And I'm going to tell you something, you know, I know that it's hard for everybody to believe, but I really am shy and introverted. (laughs) I laugh laugh along with you because I mean, you know, God, God's able to change us now, isn't he? So I faced my fears. I got over my insecurities. I I came out of hiding, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I said, yes, I'm going to do this. I stepped into it and, you know, if you think about it, really, in many ways, it's a natural extension of who I already am. Mm. I mean, you guys know me. It's the joy of the Lord has been my secret, if you will, to strengthen longevity in my walk with God. I mean, it's given me endurance to press on and run the race with perseverance. And laughter has been my friend, even through the dark night of the soul seasons that have threatened to take me out. Mm. And so I said, okay, guys, let's do this. I'm going to do these videos knowing that they bring delight to the Lord and, you know, knowing that uh, you you guys appreciate it and it helps the beyond the building podcast, you know, people um, have an ability or have the opportunity to hear about it. And I've just had so much fun partnering with God on the storyline, the scenes, the script, the props. Mm. And, you know, I mean, this whole experience has helped me work through some residual identity issues like perfection, people pleasing comparison, Mm. You know, I'm thinking to myself, I'm making silly videos. Okay. And then it's like that, that whole, you know, the thought process. Okay. Debbie, she's an incredible storyteller and has a meaningful object lesson for everything that she teaches. And (laughs) and, and Laura, you know, Laura, she can dissect the word of God, like nobody I know and highlight something that I totally missed. And meanwhile, I'm like, my videos are far from perfect. They're filled with technical glitches and rocky transitions and green screen fails. And, you know, (laughs) we would never know. It's shocking to hear any of this. Well, you know, I mean, sometimes the thought will pop up, you know, this is so, and I know, I mean, we recognize the enemy's voice, right? This is so stupid. You are a joke. This is absolutely meaningless. Now, of course, thank God that what used to be a shout, you know, and evolved into negative self-talk is now a whisper. And I can take captive of those thoughts immediately and line them Mm. up with the word, you know, and, and I can tell Satan to shut up. Okay. But, (laughs) but, you know, I mean, You know, one thing that I want to say also is that while people have been beyond gracious and amazing and kind with such sweet words of affirmation, you know, honestly, I can tell you, I can tell you that now I really don't spend much time wondering as I did months Mm. ago when I first started this. Is this funny? What will people think? I wonder if anyone's watching it. Will they think this is stupid? Will they think I'm pathetic for doing this? I mean, those were the thoughts that were in my mind. And, you know, as time has gone by, they're not even in my thoughts anymore. Wow. Praise God. I mean, praise praise God. God. Yeah, that's huge. (laughs) That is huge. It's amazing, isn't it? When we step into the places that God calls us to be, we don't even realize it's going to work out some issues that we might be dealing with under the surface, you know? So that's pretty amazing. Actually, you know, Eunice, it's kind of interesting because 
we've been talking about the fact that it's fun to serve and we don't have to be perfect to serve. And so your story here about, um, you know, you didn't think you were serving perfectly. You're just out there serving and, and for the joy of the Lord, right. And letting him do, uh, what, what it will, it shaped you in such a way. And it's really, uh, helped you with the identity piece, which is awesome. I, much like you, you know, have some stories with serving too. And I have to say, uh, I love your final perspective on all of this because I think that myself being put in charge of the meals ministry at, at Trinity at the church that I was at before I moved here to Tennessee, um, just makes me laugh even when I still think about these things as well. But as I tell you some of my funny stories very quickly that have taken place um, as I have served, and this is all just to show all of us that um, serving God is fun, right? And we can laugh in the places where we don't come through all the time in the way that we want to come through. Um, I have taken myself less seriously and I've taken the whole maybe perfection piece off of myself too, because seriously, I would tell people when I got to their, first of all, of course, my meal that I take to people has to be like perfect, right? It has to be five courses and I have to have the right dessert and everything has to just be presented beautifully. And so as I get out of my car with this perfect meal, nine times out of 10, and maybe that's a small exaggeration, but it's not far from the truth. Nine times out of 10, I would knock on the door waiting for my dear friend from the church to answer the door and a complete stranger with a large dog would open the door. And the first thing in my mind was my friend doesn't have a large dog. And the second thing in my mind was that's not my friend. And then I would still say, I'm sorry, is so-and-so here as if they might live with this stranger. Right. <laughs> and then that the person would go, uh, no, we don't know that person. And then of course, then I've got all these groceries and cakes and everything in my hand. I'm trying to find my cell phone to find out where this person really lives. I would say nine times out of 10, before I would get to the house where the food was going, I would have met their neighbor first. That was number one, right? So I met lots of new people on the journey. Uh, I have driven up to um, bring a meal for uh, an elderly, a very elderly couple. And I pulled up to the house that was, you know, the houses that are like decorate, decorated way out there for Halloween mm -hmm. where they've got the mm -hmm. spider webs hanging from every tree. And I remember one time I pulled up to that house and thought, well, this is interesting for an elderly couple. To do. <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't stop me. I still went to the house and knocked on the door. And of course a young couple with children comes to the door and I have to say, Oh, I'm sorry. My name is Laura. And I was bringing a meal to a different family. I remember I was so embarrassed. I went to the car. I put the food back in. I forgot to close my hatchback and I drove away and praise God. The food did not fly out of the back of the hatchback. Like, just the craziest stuff in the world. And I'm sure you guys have stories too. I have two more if you guys want to share after me. But I remember another time I went to somebody's house, guys, and I had to bring a meal. And uh, it was it was not a um, joyous occasion. I mean, it wasn't a baby's birth that I was bringing this meal for. It was a, a sad time in their family. And I went up and knocked on the door and nobody came. And then I rang the doorbell. And when I rang the doorbell, the doorbell fell off of the house. <laughs> <laughs> the doorbell fell off of the house and went into the bushes <laughs> into the bushes so now i'm like 
And the person comes to the door. I can't say I just tore your doorbell off. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I brought you some food. They invite me in. The whole time I'm talking to this family, all I can think about is when you leave and they close the door, you have to go behind the bushes. You have to retrieve the doorbell and you have to put the doorbell back on the house. I'm telling you, when I when I left that house, that is exactly what they did. When they closed the door, I got behind their bushes. I found the doorbell. I put it back on the house. Like these are the things that at that moment, I was so stressed out, major fails. But I look back now and I'm like, God, I thank you for that doorbell fail. It brought me so much joy in one respect. I don't serve God perfectly, right? But when I have to ring the bell, whether it's going to fall off the house or not, I ring the bell, right? You get what I'm saying? There are things that we don't do perfectly, but God will use them to bring joy to other people. And we find out later on that those moments are so meaningful for the other people as well. I'm going to share one that I'm just, I'm laughing inside thinking about it. And this is close to 30 years ago. Uh, we were married, we were early married. We had no kids yet. And our young couples group from church was going to go Christmas caroling uh, house to house up in North Wilmington. So they, they put us into groups, you know, teams, and you had the song sheets, remember, like back with stapled song sheets. Yes. <laughs> and so we, we, this is just terrible, but I still laugh at it. We go to a house. It is the dead of winter. You know, it is so cold in December. It's that very still, very quiet, 20 degree. You can just picture there's no noise. There's no birds chirping. There's nothing. It's very dark. And we go to this house. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm still busting up. And a woman comes to the door, and she's on oxygen. And she looks like she's got one foot in the grave and one foot out. And she's all hunched over and we introduce ourselves. <laughs> I don't even think she's from the church. I think she was some, somebody, ref, you know, said this would be nice to go to this woman's house. So we're watching this woman who's, as a physical therapist, in my head, I'm thinking, what if I need to use CPR any minute? Do you know what I mean? It was just, she looked like she was about gone. And we're singing, you know, we sing a couple songs and someone says, let's do verse, you know, let's say two and four of We Three Kings. So we start off loud. Everybody's about eight of us that sing. Now, let me read to you the next verse that while we're singing it, our voices are getting softer and softer and softer. Picture this dear woman that we're looking at. <laughs> Myrrh is mine. It's bitter perfume. Breathes a life of gathering gloom. So <laughs> I can't even say it. Sorrowing, sighing, bleeding, dying. Sealed in a stone cold tomb. And as we're singing it, it's getting softer and softer. Because oh, no. really, I feel, I honestly felt like I was looking at somebody who was not going to live very long. Oh. And it was that most awkward, how yes. could you mess this up? And then right after that, the leader goes, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Aww. And it was like, we shut the door and I got into the car and I didn't know whether to laugh or to cry, Aww. you know, because out of our heart to serve, I don't know who had said, you know, let's do these two verses. Sometimes things happen that you don't plan on. Yes. And yes. it's, it, and, but her, her countenance was people came to sing for me, mm. you know, sure people came her. to sing yes. and I'm yes. thinking, yeah. oh my gosh, we're singing a grave song, <laughs> you know, to someone who's close. And I, and I felt, this quandary of like emotions. Am I, 
I'm glad that we went. I'm so sorry we sang that. We should have sang Frosty. You know, it was just, (laughs) I look back and the enemy could really make you feel like you just, you were a loser on that one. You really were. Mm. And yet the outcome for this woman was she shut the door and she felt loved. Yes. Yes, I'm sure she did. God will work evil in midst of the places that we feel like we messed up in. Yes, yes, Mm -hmm. yes, absolutely. Here's a great segue to a verse that, that really cinches this. 2 Corinthians 3, 5, and 6. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves. Our competence comes from God. Man, we can give it our best shot and it's still not enough. Yep. Right? It's still not enough. But when we are doing what he's called us to do, get in your car and go sing to this woman. Mm. Even the things that don't go smoothly... He makes it beautiful. Yes. You know, he's not looking for us to be perfect. He's looking for us to say yes. Absolutely. And, you know, there is kind of like Lydia, too. And then, Debbie, you don't know the impact you had on that woman's life. And then who knows what the impact on on these strangers that I met as I was trying to deliver food um, to other people, what the impact on their lives might be, too. Right. But Lydia really is such a, a great example here because in seasons um, where it's not expected, we often find ourselves serving in these places and we don't understand what God is going to do with these moments later on. You know, I think if I were just to ask some questions uh, to our listeners or, you know, even to myself, because this is always directed at us first, you know, do we want to make an impact on the lives of other people? Then we need to serve, right? If we want to make an impact for the kingdom of God, then we need to serve. You know, if we want to make an impact when we're planted, we need to serve. If we want to get connected, and I love Eunice that you shared this, if we want to get connected and build relationships, we need to serve. Like it's as simple as that. Serving God changes everything, everything. It will get us connected in ways and God uses it to open doors that we have no idea are coming down the pike. Absolutely, Laura. And, you know, there is nothing that God calls you to do that is small in the kingdom of God. Every act of service, every seed that is sown, God is at work behind the scenes. He's on the move. He is working all things together for your good. He is in the waiting. He knows the end from the beginning. You know, it's really interesting because there's this book. I think I had shared this with you guys. <laughs> I had received it as a gift several years ago. I just never really made it through. It's called Giddy Up Eunice, literally. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no way. No it way. is. And that's why I received it as a gift. And that's funny. You know, here's the thing. Uh, there's a chapter at the end that focuses on Lois and Eunice. Okay. And, you know, Eunice is referenced literally just in one simple line in 2 Timothy 1.5, where, you know, the writer says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and now lives in you also. So pretty much from that, we know that, you know, Lois is a grandma, Eunice is the mom, and, you know, Eunice is Timothy's mom, right? And it's so interesting, because I picked this up just literally the other day, and I just flipped through the back, okay? And the author paints this backdrop for us that we might imagine Eunice to be a, a mom who maps out her son's future and, and work, you know, work out all the details. Like, I don't have any kids of my own, but I have a lot of friends who have kids. So I think the word is momager, 
like a mom who's mm, like a man, mm, right? Mm. So, you know, she's the mom who comes up with this comprehensive game plan. And I know that if Timothy was my son, I would be like, okay, here is the power present PowerPoint presentation of a meaningful discipleship experience. And here's how you're going to achieve effective results. Okay. Mm. But, but listen, what did Lois and Eunice do? They faithfully scattered seed. I mean, we have no reason to think that they micromanaged and orchestrated Timothy's first meeting with Paul in mm. some kind of networking event, right? Or, or that they approached Paul and offered this detailed report and recounted all the ways that Timothy was gifted and why Paul should take him under his wing. Mm. So, you know, again, it's what did they do? They had a sincere faith. They planted seeds. They trained up Timothy in the way he should go. However, that played out was up to the Lord. And, yeah. you know, Timothy became like a spiritual son of Paul and the rest is history. So my takeaway is that, you know what, keep planting seeds. Everything mm -hmm. you do matters and counts and you have no idea how the story is going to play out. I mean, trust that the Lord will bring the harvest. Amen. Amen. We want to model the way Jesus did. Jesus was an incredible seed planter. Mm -hmm. he, he was a huge, he, he's the model servant. You know, he had the right motivation. He did it the right way. He met, he didn't uh, over meet needs, right? Needs that people, sometimes we can try to serve and we're actually not helping people. We're hindering them, but he knew exactly mm -hmm. what people needed. Uh, in Philippians 2, 5 to 7, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset. This is about your motivation, the way you think who being the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. I mean, I think of when you serve and meet someone else's needs, you have to put aside your own agenda. You have to put aside your own comfort, your own plans. And that's truly what Jesus did. For the right motivation, right? There's always a reason why you're serving. And, and for him, it was obedience to his father. And really, is there any other motivation for us? Mm. You know, when God mm -hmm. calls us to lay down, you know, our plans and serve other people's needs, it's not so that we get our, a pat on the back. You know, there's a lot that Jesus did that probably is not even written down in the word. You know, we don't even know how far he went to uh, to show his love in practical ways to people. And there's a lot of times we're serving and, and nobody ever really knows. You know, mm -hmm. it's behind the scene. And it all comes back to being obedient to the Father and your motive being correct. Um, and he modeled it. I mean, everything he tells us to do, he went there first. So if we want to follow the one who was the, the ultimate servant, then we need to also serve as well. I mean, that... That pattern of, first of all, he came, he went to where the need is, he loved, he served, I mean, he died so that we have that opportunity to come to him, to experience his love, and it's a natural byproduct that we would then care about meeting the needs for those that he loves. You know, if it's going to come out of that relationship with him, our desire to meet other people's needs. Amen. So true. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, very encouraging to me, I'm sure to you guys too, and I pray it's encouraging to our listeners as well. Uh, Eunice, I really, or we really want to thank you, A, for all of the amazing videos that you have done for this, uh, for this ministry. 
it is, um, it's something I look forward to. And I know <laughs> all of us do every month to see what Eunice is going to come up with. And honestly, just at, like this one about the plants, I just go, wow, where's it going to go from here? Because this is just so <laughs> over the top. And yet God continues to inspire you and give you new, fresh words every month. So thank you for the way you pour into us, Debbie and myself. Thank you for the way you pour into our listeners and for um, just being a friend too. We, we really love you and we are grateful for you uh, and your partnership in this. Uh, so to our listeners, uh, we want to thank you for being a part today. Uh, come next week, we're going to be in our last week on uh, Planted for Growth, this two-month series that we've been on. And we really invite you to come back next week. We're going to wrap it all up with the fact that each one of us, you know, through the pr pruning and the deadheading and and being planted by the river and talking through our roots and, and now talking about serving, each one of us is put in position where we are for a purpose Right. And God is going to show us uh, through the book of Isaiah some amazing lessons in nature um, and how he positions us perfectly. And the kingdom of God grows. That's what it's all about. So for Deb, Eunice and myself, we really want to thank you for being here today. Uh, if this has encouraged you, share it with a friend. Uh, drop us an email at beyondwomensconference at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. God bless you. And we look forward to talking to you again next time. Have a great day. Thanks, everybody. Bye bye. We believe that God will use what we share to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.